0: Fathers, we open now the book of life. We count it an honor to have our own copy. To have eyes to see it, a mind to understand it, ears to hear the proclamation of your truth, heart to receive your truth, and then, Father, the volition to say, here am I, God, use me. Or here I am, a sinner, save me. Or here I am in need of comfort, encourage me. Or here I am broken, mend me. Or here I am sick, heal me. Here I am destitute, sustain me. Here I am in need of encouragement. Lord God, stand by me. We count it an honor to come into your presence. We don't take it lightly. We're awed that with all the billions of people in the earth, you're here with us. You know us, but then you know all things. And you're here today to draw our attention to that which is eternal. I pray we'll feed on the manna of life at the table of our God. And when we leave, we'll all be glad that we had that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. All of us know the Christmas story. In fact, if I were to say to you today, after church, we're going to put together an nativity scene, I would ask and say, what do you think we need? It wouldn't take long. You all have seen so many nativity scenes in your journey. You can say, preacher, you're not that dumb. You know what's in a nativity scene. Well, you need a little little stable and you you need a little hay and you you need a Mary and Joseph figure, need some shepherds and maybe some wise men and a camel. You need an angel and a star and, and you need a baby. And we say that now so glibly after 2,000 years that we just almost don't even think about it. In fact, we see every part of it is just so cute because we've seen children do that. Aren't those little shepherds cute? Look at that sweet little angel. in Mary precious? L- look at Joseph, how innocent. Well, look at those wise men trying to look old with beards. I mean, we chuckle. And that means we've gotten over the awe and the wonder. And so we've, we've seen it so often. You know, familiarity ultimately breeds contempt. And I don't mean that in an ugly way. We don't look down on the nativity. We just don't think about it. We sing these carols, really. And and I don't, again, my goal is not to be ugly. I'm capable, but that's not my goal. But what we do over and over, we just get where we do it. We don't think about it. And every year at Christmas, we do the same things, put out the same decor, expect the same routine, same parties we go to with different gifts, same food to eat, same snacks, same complaint about gaining weight, and then the same talk about when the children are coming or when are we going to be with them And we go to church and we expect to hear a message about angels and wise men and an angel and Mary and Joseph. And we kind of yawn because we say, been there and done that. But this morning, I want to take you back long enough that I hope, I hope maybe you get a little bit of the shock value. Because the story of Christmas is shocking. We don't think about it. Only because we, and again, I don't mean this ugly, it's just our nature, we're so finite, we're too ignorant All of us to be able to have a conception of God. He's far bigger than we can imagine, far more majestic and powerful. And the reason we don't think of Him long is we don't have enough smarts to think too much about Him. How do you measure somebody that's eternal and has no boundary? How do you know? How how can you possibly uh, get to know somebody who, in a word, can create all of this and more? How in the world do you comprehend a God who can create microscopic life and still manage a macro universe? I can't, (laughs) my prayers sound like a little child by his daddy at two years old, bless me, help me, forgive me, and help me sleep. It's just hard to know him. And that's why the nativity scene is sometimes so, so routine as we feel comfortable there. We don't try to change it, expand it, or we may add children this year, and we may add senior adults next year, but all in all, we know the characters. We know them by heart, but the shock of it's what's left us. The eternal God, when he chose chose to come among us and live with us, he didn't come like he should have come. He's coming like he should come when he comes again, but he didn't come the first time in all of his splendor and with angels and the light of glory and the sound of a trumpet. That, that's, that's, that's on the horizon. That's coming attractions. When he came the first time, it was a real shocker. He came, I, I'm going to just say it, and please don't pooch your lip. Please don't. He just came to a good old boy and his wife. He came to a dare I said a carpenter, and nothing wrong, carpenters are honorable trade, but carpenters aren't normally having their own jet planes and multiple houses. Pretty common folks. And so when we think about the Son of God coming and angels going to shepherds, I think it's because we don't know who shepherds were. I mean, when they heard this the first time, they said, oh, come on. That's why the Jews rejected the cornerstone. He can't be the Son of God. He was born out there in in Bethlehem, and shepherds came. Come on. And today we see it, and 2,000 years later, because we don't understand shepherding life, we say, oh, isn't that sweet? No, it's rude. (laughs) It's rough. It's almost unbelievable. So let's see the story and then let's examine it quickly in the moments we have. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. In that same region, shepherds, meaning the night that Jesus was born, in that same region of Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the fields. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. It was dark. People were walking in darkness. Jesus came in darkness because that's where light comes, where it's dark. When the angel of the Lord stood before them, what a moment that would have been. There's guys who didn't get to town much. And now an angelic being, an angel, a glorious, bright, white, lighted, radiant, lightning-strength angel stood before them. That would be a, would be a shock. And along with this angel came the glory of the Lord, that Shekinah that is in God's presence, his very radiance. The glory of the Lord shone around them and this is an understatement. They were terrified. I think you'd say catatonic with fear. They think, what in the world have we done? We've, this Angels didn't come for good news. They came in judgment. And so I think these shepherds immediately thought, we're going to die tonight. I have no idea why, but that's an angel. And the angel said to them, you don't need to be afraid. Well, that's an understatement too, because they were already afraid. It says they were terrified. He said, Stop. <laughs> When your child's hugging your neck because they can't stand the thunder and you say, it's okay, did they let go immediately? No, I didn't think so. The angel said to them, don't be afraid. Look, I brought you really good news. In fact, it's news of great joy that'll be for all the people. I, I want to tell you today, a Savior who is the Messiah, the long-awaited one, the anointed of the Lord, who was born for you in the city of David this will be a sign for you. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in cloths. We know that is swaddling cloths. Jesus was wrapped at birth. They wrapped a baby very tightly, keeping him, to keep him warm. Jesus was wrapped tightly in linen at death to keep rigor mortis from causing his limbs to fly up. He came in the world wrapped in a, placed in a stone. He died wrapped and placed in a borrowed tomb. You're going to find a baby born, the sign is he's going to be wrapped and lying in a manger. And suddenly, now there's not an angel, there's angels, an angelic host, a choir. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host. Boy, these shepherds now are on their face. There's a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth to people that God favors or with whom God is well-pleased. When the angels left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. (laughs) And I like this, let's go straight now. (laughs) Y'all not listening. If an angel came to you and said, go to broken era, you'd say, I'm on my way as you speak. Because if an angel tells you, it's not like somebody just says, if you think about it, you might stop by broken era. An angel said it. And so the angel said, uh, the shepherd said, let's go straight to Bethlehem. Let's see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough just as the angel said. And after seeing them, they reported the message. they were. Uh, uh, after seeing them, they reported the message. They were told about the child meaning to Mary and Joseph. And all who heard it were amazed what the shepherds said. But Mary, Mary was pondering she was treasuring up all these things you mothers do that when you have a newborn I remember the you, you say to yourself I, I remember when that first friend that came and hugged my neck at the hospital I, I remember when my mama came and held our baby I, I remember when my husband came in the room I, you ponder I mean, I said I, I, I'm gonna remember this and she did the Bible says Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and meditated, meaning reflected on them many times. And those shepherds, they went back. And, but they went back different than they came because when you seen God, you always go back differently. They were glorifying and praising God for all that they'd seen and heard just as it had been told to them. I'm not optimistic I'm going to get through this today, but I'm going to give it my best shot. I want to think together with you, why, why did God bring Jesus into the world in a stable and announce it to shepherds? Well, I think most obviously it's non-threatening. No, nobody, that I, no, nobody that I know is afraid of a sheep. Now, maybe there's somebody just terrified of anything that moves. It's not an adult. But, but most people, I don't care how afraid you are of animals, you're not afraid of a sheep. Maybe a goat, yes, maybe a ram, but but not a a sweet little sheep, especially if it's a lamb. They're non-threatening, they're gentle and not aggressive and they're docile and children even are comfortable around them and mamas are comfortable with children and a petting zoo as long as it's sheep. God wants the gospel to be non-threatening to those that want it, the people that are threatened by the gospel to those who want to be evil. The people who are threatened by light are those who want darkness. Those who do not want righteousness is because they delight in unrighteousness. But those who are seeking after God, they are not threatened. They are not threatened by manger. You don't have to have economic. You don't have have economic standing to get gain entry, seating for one at the manger. You don't have to make reservations. There's not a big crowd. You don't have to have a Ph.D. or a master's. You, you don't have to be a specialty tra- specialist in some field to come to a manger. All are welcome. You don't have to check the background of a person to let them come see sheep. There's no need for a reference from a friend or a former employer to go into a stable. I think the reason, first of all, he said let's come to a stable is because it's totally non-threatening. Lambs are born in stables, and that's appropriate because the bread of life had come to a place called Bethlehem. Beth means house of, lahem means bread. The bread of life had come to the house of bread. The son of David was born in the city of David. The mighty God had been, cut, had been born and placed in a manger. The creator came as one created in a mother's womb, at least created in flesh. He always was, but he had never been flesh until fashioned in the womb, fashioned in the womb, protected in the womb of a little girl named Mary. The setting was non-threatening, but the setting was also fulfilling of the Old Testament prophets. God had promised he was going to send a shepherd. Now, you don't have time to turn to these, but you can either jot down the text or you can get this on the archives and go back and get these texts. But God said, I'm sending you a shepherd now, too often we forget. We, we see something say, well, I, I, why did that come? And you say, we, I told you. Oh, you did. I forgot that. Well, see, we have a short memory. In this generation is not only a short memory, we don't read the Old Testament. So whatever God said is coming, not only the first time, but when he's coming again, we don't know because we stop with Matthew and don't go pre-Matthew. And we don't read a whole lot past Matthew and Mark. <laughs> That's sad. But God told us what he's going to do. In fact, in the Old Testament, he said in Isaiah 40, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. Now listen to this. Isaiah 40, he's going to tend his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that are young. You know what that means? When it says he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Uh, remember, sheep have no defense. They're not only, are they dumb, uh, how how how's a sheep defend itself doesn't have horns teeth are made for grazing grass you never see one rear up and kick somebody not gonna do a rear kick like a horse How how's a sheep defend itself he goes to his shearers dumb never opening his mouth when you kill a sheep for a a lamb for a sacrifice, you simply raise the snout the way you 'd raise your pup's snout to scratch his neck, you raise the snout of a lamb, put a knife right here, and slit its throat it never even baths one time so so when a when, when a sheep 's going to give birth who 's going to watch over mama I, I I know the ram wrong who 's going to watch over mama, a good shepherd, because when the sheep starts giving. Birth to to the lamb, then it's time for the good shepherd to make sure she not only gives the birth safely, but nothing attacks her while she and the lamb are both so vulnerable. And the good shepherd, once the lamb is birthed, he takes the lamb and wipes him down. And then the good shepherd, knowing how weak the lamb is, will pick up the lamb and carry him. You've seen those pastoral pictures of a lamb in a shepherd's arm, that's a newborn. Who carries your newborn? A mama delights in saying, let me hold my baby. A good shepherd says, give me that little lamb because a lamb by itself without protection is gonna be dinner for something. So he gathers him in his arms. Isn't that what it says a good shepherd would be in Isaiah? He's gonna gather his sheep, his lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. That's you. How far away is God when you're hurting? He says right here, but I can't see his face. Listen, when a baby's face is buried in the bosom of his mother, he can't see her face either. It's not because she's long distance. He's right there. The Bible says when the good shepherd comes, he's going to gently lead those that are young. You know a shepherd, if a sheep just keeps wandering, you know what a shepherd does. You've seen those sheep on the back of a shoulders, uh, the shoulders of a, a shepherd. And you say, isn't that, isn't that precious? No, it really is not. That's a picture of a prodigal sheep. See, when a sheep just keeps running off, keeps running off, keeps running, off, the shepherd says, I've got to fix this. I can't just keep going after you because I leave these vulnerable while I'm searching for you. So the shepherd gets that sheep, and for you animal lovers, close your ears for about two seconds. He breaks the leg of the sheep. He breaks the leg. The shepherd breaks his leg. And y'all are saying, Why'd God do that to me? How many thickets have you been in? How many times have you run off from the master? How many times have you lived in rebellion? The Bible says the shepherd will break the leg of the sheep and he puts him on his shoulders. And guess what? Now for the duration of time that it takes for that leg to mend, the sheep is never separated from the shepherd. He has to feed him. He has to get him water. But then he goes right back on his shoulders. And wherever the shepherd walks, the sheep is near to him. And the sheep, once he's had his leg broken and spent that much time with the shepherd, never wanders off again. Bible says, I'm going to send you a shepherd. So if you're not close to the shepherd, maybe you're still out there in the thicket and you've never responded to his voice. Jesus said, the hired hand is not the shepherd. They all, like you in your business, you have hourly employees that help you, but they don't feel a great pressure for the business. And I don't mean they're bad workers. I mean, they're not worried about the income and paying the taxes and paying the employees uh, FICA. They, they don't have to worry about all that. They just come and do a job and go home. Not you if you're the owner. The Bible says they're hirelings, and they're not really burdened about the sheep. They have a job, and they're going to do their best, but it's not their sheep. Here's what Jesus said. Hired hand is not the shepherd. He doesn't own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep, and a hired hand will run away. And the wolf will attack the flock and scatter it. The man runs away because he's just a hired hand. He doesn't care for the sheep. Jesus said, that's not me, John chapter 10. I'm the good shepherd. Isn't that good? I know my sheep. How well does he know you? He knit you together in your mother's womb. I know my sheep. They know me. And just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen. I must bring them also. That's us. They too are going to hear my voice and they shall be one flock and have one shepherd. Well, shepherds were not only promised, but shepherds are very familiar in biblical times. We don't have many shepherds today. We, at least we don't in this area, we don't see them. We see sheep here and there. I saw a flock the other day. I do on one of our highways. They're, they're sheep, but, but it's not a primary, primary level of income from, for, for Oklahomans. But in biblical times, lots of folks had sheep. The first one we're told watched over the sheep was Abel in Genesis four. Abraham was a shepherd Isaac was a shepherd Jacob and all of his sons were shepherds of sheep Moses took 40 years and tended the flocks of his grand, of, of his father-in-law David was a shepherd of the sheep there were good shepherds flocks demonstrated they had a good shepherd do you understand when you live for Jesus people see Christ in you and glorify their father in heaven that's why it said listen be careful how you live be circumspect why When you see children that are dressed really nice, they're very mannerly, they say thank you and no thank you and please and Excuse me and and, and they respectful, they step back when an adult comes through, they open the door. What do you say? Not only do you say that's a good child, you say, Boy, you must have good parents. Why, wow, that child's a reflection of the parents. By the same token, when you see a child that's vulgar and ugly and, and spews spews curse words and has an attitude about everybody, chip on their shoulder, you don't say, What a cute child You say, Where is that kid's mama? Do you understand when you live decadently and like the world and with sin all over you and in total rebellion of the gospel, you have no credibility that you belong to the shepherd. See, when people saw a flock and is well fed and well cared for and lots of wool and not cut and, and obviously grazed well, they say, boy, you have one. I don't know whose sheep those are, but they have a good shepherd. The sheep are always a reflection of a shepherd. Good shepherds were dependable, brave and selfless, willing to sacrifice themselves to make sure their sheep did not perish. They gave up life pleasures because they chose to live in the field with flocks or in pens with flocks or on farms with flocks. They weren't seen in the who's who of the city. They didn't have a tuxedo. That's why when Joseph's brothers saw him come out with a coat of many colors, they hated him because it's obvious, I'm not out there with the working class. I'm my daddy's boy. They said, I'm going to kill you, and they tried. So you don't need a coat of many colors if you're going to be out in the field. You need work clothes. When he strutted out there with his coat of many colors, they determined you ain't one of us, boy. And they about did him in. The Bible says shepherds take good care to make sure the sheep are well cared for. I find it interesting when David, King David, you can read this later. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. You can read it later. But here's how David defines what kind of shepherd he was. Listen to this, 1 Samuel 17, 34. David answered Saul when he said, Saul said, you can't go out and fight Goliath. You you can't do that. You're just a youth. David said in 34, 1 Samuel 17, your, your servant, he talks to him and said, David, Samuel, King Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it. I struck it down and rescued the lamb from its mouth. If it, if it reared up against me, I'd grab it by its fur. <laughs> I'd strike it down and kill it. That's a lion. <laughs> Y'all think David's just a little boy with a harp, do you? He said, a lion come after my sheep. I grab it by the hair. Bear comes, I get him by the hair. Any of y'all ever tussled with a bear? <laughs> I didn't think so. It's a pretty good, pretty strong character here, this shepherd. I'd go after that predator and strike it down and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If that, that animal reared against me, I'd grab it by the fur and strike it down. I'd kill it. Your servant, sir, and talking about himself, has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like one of them. For he has defied the enemies. He has defied the people of the living God. See, good shepherds thought, well, they were common people. Shepherds didn't go to shop at Macy's. They didn't have a blue light special at their Kmart. They never got into town. They didn't have cell phones. They do now. (laughs) I find it interesting. You travel through parts of the Middle East, there'll be an old tent out there with just camels tied up, and they'll have a satellite dish and be talking on cell phones. the funniest thing in the world. Well, not true then. Shepherds just had a simple bag that they'd carry their stuff in. What was that bag made out of? I know it's Gucci, right? Right? No, not even in the living Bible. What was that? What was that? When a sheep would die or a goat would die, they didn't waste anything. So they'd many times take the hide of the goat and cut it off where the rear legs were. They'd cut it off and sew up the holes where the legs were. And guess what that makes? a perfect pouch with the lower part of its torso and the goat hide would be strong enough or the sheep hide soft enough to make a marvelous pouch. Shepherd carry a rod that's about a 30-inch club with nails or spikes in the end of it so that when he took off his rod and here comes a bear he was going to dot his eyes and cross his T's. It was his weapon of offense he carried a staff, that crooked, crooked staff, that was his lasso. When a sheep got out of the way, he could take the crook of that staff and pull him up from a bluff and use that straight staff as a way to gather his sheep back to himself. The staff is what he used at night when he put across an opening, and every sheep would pass through to make sure that's one of mine. Jesus said one day he's going to bring the sheep and the goats in and so say, you're one of mine, whoops, no, 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 you're, you're that other fold. I don't know you. Come on in, come on in, nope, 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 nope. See, the shepherd's staff is what he used to make sure the sheep belonged to the shepherd. He carried a knife for any miscellaneous needs. He carried a water pouch. Guess what that was? The stomach of a sheep. Because it was soft enough, it could hold water and not get brittle. When they put wine in it, they'd always say, be careful not to put the wine, new wine, in old skin because over time the skin gets riddled and new wine ferments, it'd split the skin and you'd lose the wine. He carried a collapsible little pouch for water. Meaning when he was out in places he'd say there's not a stream here, but right over there there's a farmer dug a well. And if I had me a little collapsible pouch, guess what that is? Skin or skin of a goat or a sheep? That's what he used. It's collapsible. So he could open it up, tie a rope to it, and lower it down in a well until it fell in the water and then gather it back up and he'd have fresh water. And he didn't have to carry anything bulky like a military canteen. Just a collapsible pouch you could put that in your belt and keep going. Shepherd had a sling. He made of goat hair and leather from a sheep or a goat skin of sheep or goat the goat hair he'd weave into a cord he'd make it very strong the bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken you weave goat hair together or, 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 or twist goat hair together and then tie it into the into a into a piece of goat skin or sheep skin you got a pretty good sling the bible says with a sling and five smooth stones he just took one and he took down a giant named goliath that shepherd named david a shepherd would carry with him also a reed pipe. It's two things. One, the, the the reed pipe would comfort sheep at night when they were restless. Sometimes animals, for no reason, they just don't settle down. And so a shepherd would sit down by night, and there was nobody else. There there was no television or radio. They didn't have libraries, so what he'd do is just take his pipe, he began to play simple little notes, and over time, he'd figure out something sounded pleasing to him, and he'd make that a melody, and sometimes a good shepherd would be able to put words to the melody. We have 150 of those in the middle of your Bible called the Psalms of the Shepherd David. A shepherd had a tunic we think we 've advanced because we have coats with warm, warm stuff on the inside and heavy hide on the outside keep you warm shepherds were way ahead of us because they had to sleep out there. so they take the skin of a sheep and sometimes have to put them together to make something really long. Most of the times is it was maybe just the length of a of a sheep 's skin. But that outside hide, they let cure, and that's what you were outside. But guess what you wore against the tunic, that undershirt garment that was up against your body, woven from the wool of a sheep. Guess what would be up against your body is this, the wool of a lamb. You think it's something because you have fur lining. The shepherds in Israel had that a long time before you were gleaming your mama's eye. Because when that cold wind started blowing in those mountains at night, you wanted something to keep you warm. And the sheep were the food for the shepherd. They were the clothing for the shepherd. They were the objects from which he got his pouches, his sling, everything but his rod, staff, and reed, pipe, he got from his sheep. Well, shepherds were not well viewed by people. The Bible says of Jesus when he comes in Isaiah... Isaiah 53 says, when he comes, he'll be despised of men and rejected. Scripture says he came into his own. His own didn't want him. He, he was just too common for us. The world is fascinated by wealth. And it's really those of us that don't have it that try to pretend like we're somebodies. And the world laughs at us. You don't have to tell very quickly if a person is out of their element. I don't care how much money you have when you walk in and you're unkempt and your shoes are not polished and your manners are atrocious and you smell like you died three days ago. People don't have to say, I bet you dine in here often. No, they wonder how did they let let them in here? We stand out as commoners when we go anywhere. I don't feel comfortable. I, I feel comfortable with beans and cornbread When I go in, there's more forks on my table than we have in our drawer at home. I don't feel comfortable. Sometimes because of opportunities you've given me and places you've taken me, I've counted that as an opportunity to do something I would never have gotten to do, but I never got addicted because I sure like coming home and having bologna and crackers. In fact, if you'll give me a minute, I'll think about it and get back with you shepherds weren't well loved that's what's so funny we see shepherds now say aren't they cute the world said those are disgusting jesus when he came and when the angel came to announce the shepherds the world laughed they said and he's the messiah so so you're telling me the 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 eternal god came in the world as a baby was put in a feeding trough in a stable with animal stink and, and the shepherds saw angels now now that starts with once upon a time right it ends with happily ever. That's got to be a fairy tale. See, we, we've come so far in 20 centuries, now 21. We, we just assume that's pastoral and sweet. No, they, they laughed. They said, you people are nuts. Shepherds many times worked as a hireling when they were illegitimate children If they got kicked out of their home, the one group that was always hiring is somebody sleep out there with those sheep, just mainly make sure they don't run off and nothing gets them. It didn't require great skill, just great vigilance, and it paid okay. You ate from the the flock, you got your clothing from the flock, and you didn't have to read or write. Most of them were illiterate. Most were illiterate, which is amazing that the angels came to a group that couldn't even read. They'd been cast off by their families in many cases. They were aliens, not loved We would have told today, we might say that's the group that first gets a job when they're illegal in a country. They go be shepherds because they don't have to speak the language, They just have to take care of sheep. For the most part, they were like gypsies. People saw them as roving and wherever, if there was a large large flock with several shepherds, if they camp near your town, people say, put up your wallet and your wife, the shepherds are here. Meaning they're capable of stealing the doorknob right off your front door. They did not have a good reputation. And so shepherds were not viewed as somebody that was welcome. They, they, they were so despised because they lived all their lives out in the field. Seven days a week they had to stay with sheep because sheep have no defenses. I said, and there were not fences in most places. So it was open range where sheep can wander openly. Predators can wander openly. And so shepherds lived in the field. Can I tell you that again? Didn't y'all ever work on a farm? If so, you know what it's like to get up early and work late. And by the end of the day, I mean, you smell Awful. If you you worked in Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma, any of those states with high humidity, by the end of the day, everybody wanted you to get a shower. Can you imagine not showering at all? They used to think baths would give you pneumonia, so they just didn't bathe. (laughs) Wouldn't that be sweet? No wonder they didn't come into town. They were not invited to banquets. They didn't even go to the temple. And if, perchance, a shepherd was near Jerusalem... And wanted to go to the temple. He was only allowed to go as far as the court of the Gentiles. That's how much he was hated. Though he might been in rear Jewish, he could not go beyond the place where the Gentiles enter because they were considered so low class and dirty. Now wait a minute, angels? Angels came to them? Shepherds couldn't give testimony in court of law. It's like many times a prisoner saying, I'll, I'll give testimony. He told me that he killed him and now the court is the suspect. Is this prisoner credible or is he just trying to get some years off his sentence? Shepherds were not allowed to give testimony in court because they're, they're, they were so, they lacked so much integrity. Nobody believed them. They were despised and untrustworthy. They were not allowed in, in any area of society. You might say they were rejected of men. Jesus is called the, Great shepherd of the sheep. Why? Because men who walk in darkness don't want a shepherd. They want to be free to do whatever they want to do with no restriction. By the way, that's why hell for them is their reward. Those people said, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. God said, I got a place like that. And you can go there forever and you'll never again hear the Ten Commandments, you'll never hear the gospel, you'll never have an invitation. But by the way, when you don't like what the other guy's doing, cause he wants the freedom to him, do what he does, there's no no police you can call, there's no nine one one, there are no courts of law. So if he says, I love to abuse people and I love to assault people and I love to just cut throats and hate people, says, Oh you get do what you want, but there's nobody gonna stop any of it. So have at it forever. Doesn't that sound lovely? And see, there are people that say, I want nothing to do with God. He says, I've got a place for you where I'll never trouble you forever and ever and ever and ever again. Shepherds would not have been welcome at a palace or a fine place of dining. They would not have been welcome at a mansion and that little couple that gave them, that gave Jesus, the little lady that gave Jesus birth and her husband, Joseph, they were just poor folks. Uh, he, was a, he was at best a carpenter in training. I mean, he was about to maybe 15. You can't say he hadn't accomplished business. Whatever Joseph had, his daddy had built. And they're just starting out. New couples, new, newlyweds don't have much. And we don't realize we don't have much because we're just so happy to be together. But they couldn't have had much. And here before they ever start their marriage, Mary is expecting a baby that's the promised Messiah. And suddenly they get the word and these shepherds are sent to, can I say it? They were sent to their kind of people. No shepherd's going to feel uncomfortable around a carpenter's son. And no carpenter feels ill at ease with a shepherd. I don't know how you grew up. I grew up working and my dad always had me jobs in the summer because he believed a boy didn't work with sorry, and he wanted to make sure that if I got sorry, it wasn't from not working. And so I farmed when I was 13, 12 hours a day, 65 cents an hour and thought I was rich. I begged God to get me out of there. The Guy had a five row acre of cucumbers. You ever built, pick five row, five acre row of cucumbers, bent double by the time you get into the row. Listen, you're, while you're down there, you're saying, God, please deliver me. You know what I'm saying. He had me working and helping people in the city at Recreation Department. We built stuff. I didn't build it. Because the first time, the guy said, you just be our gopher because you're going to hurt somebody with that hammer. I'm not gifted. I, I can't do that. But I'll tell you what I learned. If you're going to work outside, you're going you're gonna to be... You're going to be with lots of people, but I got to tell you, some of the funniest people I know are just good old boys that work hard. I never got out of the truck that I dreaded today because I knew in the midst of working hard, they got enough stories. I just died laughing. I think these shepherds may not have been well loved by society, but I think they probably had a good time out there together. They knew each other. They were like family and they were going to go see Joseph and that didn't scare them because he's a carpenter's son. But that sure is a strange way to start a career as a king of glory on the earth. Some years ago, for him, the gospel group wrote a song called What a Strange Way to Save the World. They had in the verse Joseph contemplating what had just happened about Jesus coming to Mary and them being able to care for the Son of God. And then this him by, for him, there are these words, to think, Joseph pondering to himself Joseph said to think of how it could have been if Jesus had come as he deserved. There'd been no Bethlehem, no lowly shepherds at his birth. Joseph knew the reason the love had to reach so far and as he held the savior in his arms, he must've thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why here inside a stable filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now, I'm not one to second guess what the angels have to say. But this sure is a strange way to save the world. So why did he come to shepherds? They represent the most, the largest group of the majority of us. We live in a world where many people are poor. We don't see them because we don't go there. I'm shocked when I hear teachers in Broken Era, my daughter who serves in Koita, and others, Pat Adam, who serves in Koita, talk about the number of children come to school every day hungry. I'd never thought about it. I've never been hung I've never been truly hungry like you. I say, Boy, I'm hungry. I, I'm lying. I mean I hadn't had something in two hours. I've never been truly hungry. But my daughter and Adam and others in our school system here, when we talk, I say, do you really have hungry children? I ask teachers and program, do you really have hungry children? I said, Brother Nick, you have no idea. And then I found out, I just didn't think this way. They said, Brother Nick, not only are they hungry, they come to us and say, do you have, they get to be young teens and they're conscious now of their breath. Do you have a toothbrush or toothpaste? We can't afford it. Do you have any kind of deodorant that we could use? They're asking a teacher or a helper, do you have any deodorant? teenage girl we don't see them do we maybe some are here in this room and you're ashamed to say it but that's you don't be ashamed because just as there are people who are poor financially there's an awful lot of people who are poor without Jesus this world's never been poorer in need of a master than now we've got everything in the world and nothing we know the price of everything but not the value of that which is most important he came to the poor, and to the hungry, the outcasts, those shepherds who were despised and rejected and seen as having no worth. Nobody ever said to a shepherd, listen, why y'all are close? Come on in. You can get a bath at my house. We're going to have a big dinner. Come on in and eat with us. This didn't happen. Many of you say, preacher, I'm going to be alone this Christmas. My mate left me or my mate died or my mate and I have separated or pastor, my mate's been gone a number of years. My children are not coming home i'm gonna be alone you feel like that shepherd out there at night wondering does anybody care yeah there's some here that understand what it's like that just want somebody to listen you're not looking for great wealth you're just looking for somebody's time real time not hey how you doing good to see you see you later that's called a drive-by what many people want just have you got a minute just to listen not anything in particular. I just don't get to talk to anybody. Somebody to really care for them and know their name, call them by name. I don't mean to get sappy, but there really are some people, probably some in this room, but there are plenty around us in nursing homes and other places. Nobody hugs them anymore. Wouldn't you be poor if you didn't get a hug? I was in i I won't get too specific, but I was in a place the other day where people are prone to be isolated. And I'd prayed with a lady and the roommate heard me pray. She said, sir, I don't know you, I'm a Christian. And she was behind a curtain, she yelled, hey, sir. And I came around, the curtain. yes ma'am, I don't know you, but I heard you pray. I know that you must love people because it sounds like you love the Lord. Could you just come over here and say a prayer for me and then would you just give me a hug? Why'd you come to shepherds? Nobody wanted them. Jesus does. Somebody care for them and know them by knows them by name, someone that wants really nothing from them, just a little of their time. Why is Facebook why are Facebook and Twitter so popular? You say, well, it's a good way to communicate with friends, it is. But have you ever really read through that? How many people are just lonely and send out a Hail Mary? If anybody's reading this, please check that you read this so I know that somebody's reading what I say. Why do you do that? Because there's a real hole in your heart saying, is anybody even know I'm out here at all? Why'd you come to Shepherds? Somebody needed somebody to know that God loves them. Well those shepherds win and I'm so glad they did. Because the Bible says they they got up and they followed the invitation of Jesus. That's what some of you need to do in a minute. You've heard the gospel and heard the gospel and heard the gospel. And you say, Well, I'm not gonna do it. These did. they finally heard from an angel and said, Let's go now. Some of you need to say, Listen, that first moment he gives the opportunity, I'm coming today to Jesus. They got up from where they were. You can't stay where you are and get and find Jesus. You gotta get up and, you gotta get up and move toward him. The Bible says when they heard where he was, they said, we're not waiting another minute. Somebody has come to tell us something grand. We're going to go get in on that. So they got up and they obeyed and they went to the manger. And when they did, they heard the message and they obeyed the Lord. And when they did, they saw for themselves. It's true. Some of you say, I was was a lost man, a lost woman for a long time. And finally, when I trusted Jesus, I found it. It's all true. I wish I'd have done it sooner. Why don't you do that today? If you're not a Christian, why don't you say today? I'm not waiting any longer. If shepherds can come to Jesus, surely I can. The answer is yes, you can. They left changed. When they met Jesus, they were empowered. The Bible says they went home and they, they, didn't, they didn't come in glorifying and praising God. They came in wondering, what did we just see?" That when they left, they said, Whoo, can you believe that? And they left glorifying God. He cares for us. I think it'd be great today if a thousand people leave this room saying, you know what? He cares for me. I'm going to find somebody that needs to know that for the days out, he cares for me. The world hearing the account of Jesus' birth is shocking. You can't imagine that he came, he came to shepherds. I mean, that, that's just almost beyond our comprehension. He, he, he came to shepherds. It'd be like some wealthy family in Tulsa having a, a grandson or a son. And they say, now here's what we're going to do. We've just had this baby and, and our announcement's not going to be on the news. And our announcement's not going to be to our friends. We're going to go down to, the, to Skid Row and we're going to say, if you want to see the young man that's someday going to be mayor and change our city, he's in the storefront next door to the soup kitchen. You go there, you'll meet him, meet our family, and you're going to get really good news and you'd say I don't think that's is, who would do it that way I'm going to send a savior that's not going to come to your palace forgive me forgive me he's not going to come in your nice pristine churches first you know where he's going to go to all those people we walk by he says, you, you don't need me. Those that are well don't need a physician. I came to seek and to save those that are lost. There are people today who say, I sure wish I had harmony in my home. How do you get it? You, you know what the angel said? Peace on earth. Now listen, peace on earth. Goodwill to those who find favor with God, who walk in favor. How do you walk in favor with God. The goodwill comes to those who are in favor with God. How do you do that? Transform from a sinner to a saint by the grace of Jesus who forgives your sin because he paid for it, cleanses you whiter than snow, and sets you free to be his child. He said, when you're walking in favor with God, you experience the goodwill that he intended. Your people, today say, I wish I had a harmony at work. Well, then walk with Jesus. I wish I had harmony in my family, walk with Jesus. I wish I had harmony in my marriage, come to Jesus. I wish I had harmony among the races, come to Jesus. There's that sign we're going to see on church marquee soon. K-N-O-W, no peace, no Christ. N-O, no peace, no Christ. Why'd he come? He came to people who said, I sure wish somebody would come help me. He said, I'm here. I'm a very present help in a time of trouble. Why didn't he come to the wealthy and the up and out and the priests? They didn't care. They weren't looking for him. That's still true today. It's not changed. Much of the world wants him out of everything, including public places and songs off the radio and no Merry Christmas in the stores. We don't want him. No room. Many people are here eager to hear about grace because they feel nobody cares for their soul. That's who Christ came for. Men can be changed. That's the power of the gospel. We can be transformed in all sorts of conditions, uh, 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 all sorts of conditions of mankind have been transformed by Christ. I close with this because I I love this. You can't use Christmas songs except at Christmas. Listen to this, we sing it so often, the first verse. This is that marvelous story written, song written in the 1800s after the author had seen the little town of Bethlehem on a Holy, Holy Land trip. Christ is born of Mary. And gathered all above all angels, while mortals sleep, the angels keep their watch. Who's keeping watch at night? Shepherds over their flock, but who else is watching? Keeping watch by night are the angels keeping watch of wandering love. O morning stars together, proclaim the holy birth and praises sing to God the King and peace to men on earth. How silently, how silently that wondrous gift is given. God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin. And enter in, be born in us today. We can hear the Christmas angels, their great glad tidings tell. But here's our prayer, oh come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. Stand with me, would you? Our Father, what we've been given at Christmas is a gift beyond price. We can look in catalogs and search on Amazon and go to all the stores and stand in line, but we'll never find a gift that was as costly and as needed and as practical and as eternal as what was given that first Christmas when God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. Today we've had a chance to consider those first recipients of the message and we realize they really represent us, those that are not loved rejected, look down, as, look down as not welcome, not, not very bright, not, not, not very savvy, not, not classy people. That's how most of us live. But it's those people that everybody else didn't want that God came after. Today there are people in this room that feel that way but they don't need to because Christ has come. He came to give life and give it more abundantly. He came to make us more than conquerors. He allowed us to be changed from what we were, to the sons of God. He he didn't just give us a little bit of goodness. He gave us grace that's overwhelming. He he changed us from being lost to being forever saved, to having purpose and meaning and a place in heaven. And soon he's coming back for us. That's the good news of Christmas. We look back but for a moment because our eyes are on the eastern sky. He's coming. Today, for those in this room that say, I don't know Jesus, please bring them home to Jesus this Christmas. Let them come in just a moment, come down front and put their hand in the hand of a pastor and say, today I want Christ. I need Jesus. For those without a church, bring them to First Baptist. So say, I, I want to be a part of this fellowship. For those that say, I, I really just need baptism, Pastor. I've never been baptized. Help them this Christmas to give back their lives in the honor of baptism. The one who gave his life for them. For some of you just want to come pray. Let your house be truly a house of prayer. Speak to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You sing, you come you like sing.